In difficult days and facing dire circumstances, it is always good to remind ourselves that God is greater than all. Scott Pauley is examining the miracles of Jesus recorded for us in God's Word. Our hope is that the message in these miracles will become real in your life. Christ is enough. Let's open our Bibles and join the study now. Typically, when we think of the miracles of Jesus, we stop too soon. We, we list the miracles and we fail to carry it all the way through. I bring you in this study to one of the miracles of Jesus that I have neglected, frankly, and it is the miracle, or maybe I should say miracles, because really there were multiple miracles performed in the Garden of Gethsemane. There's a number of them. And I wonder if you've ever considered what Jesus did on the darkest, hardest night of his life, on the night where he prayed and his sweat became as great drops of blood, on the night that uh, his disciples, his inner core, fell asleep, on the night that they all forsook him and fled, he is still performing miracles. Why? Because that's just who he is. Now, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all record for us the events in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, They all are, are unique and distinct in some way. But Luke, Dr. Luke is the one who gives us the detail about Jesus' healing miracle in the garden that night. Do you remember? Uh, John tells us his name. The man's name was Malchus. He was a servant of the high priest. But Luke gives us the details. Uh, The Bible says in Luke chapter number 22 and verse number 49, when they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? Let me pause just a moment and say, uh, that was a misunderstanding on their part. Remember, one of the prophecies concerning Christ is that he came not to bring peace but a sword. Uh, He meant by that, of course, a division between those who believe and those who do not, those who accept him and those who reject him. Uh, These disciples, they were ready to take up arms. You know, you've got Simon the Zealot and and, uh, others in this group of disciples who, you know, they want to take up arms and let's go against Rome and you're the Messiah. Uh, On one occasion, they even said, we've got two swords. Is that enough? And Jesus said, that would be enough. Uh, Obviously, that wasn't enough uh, if they were going to take up arms. But Jesus was saying it's sufficient because that's not why he came. And so they asked this question, Lord, shall we smite with a sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear impulsively, immediately. One of them just reacts. We know, of course, from another record, that was Peter. I think he was going for the man's head. And he missed, and he cut off his ear. And what does Jesus do? The Bible says in verse 51, And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear and healed him. That's, this is profound. He, he says to Peter and to the rest of the disciples, That's enough. Uh, we're, we're not fighting tonight. This is not fleshly. My way is not force. Remember, he said in another place, My kingdom is not of this world. And then just to prove it, he performs a a miracle. Just to reveal, look, I've still got this under control, fellas. Just watch and see what I'm about to do. He reaches down, picks up this man's ear, and reattaches it to his head. Somebody said, how on earth can, can he do that? Well, I figure he made the head and made the ear to start with. He can do anything he wants to do. He's performed numerous miracles of healing already to this point. This is just yet another. And what a message it was to the disciples, to Malchus, to others who are watching, I would say a message 
to all of us from this miracle in the garden? What do we learn? Well, first of all, from these miracles on this dark night, we we learn something about Christ's gentleness in the face of adversity. I mean, think of it. This is the middle of the night. He's exhausted physically. He's been in a spiritual battle already in prayer. Uh, He is suffering already in his spirit. He knows what is getting ready to happen. And in the midst of all of that, instead of being hard or harsh and ugly and unkind, what is he? He's gentle. Oh, in the words of Paul, the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Friends, that's miraculous. Men don't respond that way. That's not natural. That's supernatural. So we see the miraculous gentleness of Christ in the face of adversity. Then we see the miraculous love of Christ in the face of his adversaries. Here they are like animals uh, ravening their prey. And on the reverse, treating him like an animal, hunting him down in the middle of the night, carrying torches and swords and staves. And there he stands in the garden waiting on them. Uh, Look, they were full of hatred. He was full of love. In fact, Judas comes and kisses him on the cheek. And the first word out of Jesus' mouth to Judas, he calls him friend. Having loved his own, he loved them to the end. That's miraculous. A friend of sinners, that's miraculous. Uh, Love in the face of hatred, that is miraculous. And so here he is looking at a man who is one of those that has come to arrest him, that is about to put him on trial and and through several mistrials will condemn him to death. And instead of retaliating, he responds with the divine love. That is miraculous. And then not only do you see the miraculous gentleness of Christ in the face of adversity, and the miraculous love of Christ in the face of his adversaries, but then you see the miraculous power of Christ in the face of their animosity. They're all against him, and yet his power is greater than all. In fact, in one of the records in the garden, they come into the garden, and he says, "Who who are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I'm he. And the power of his words knocked all of them to the ground. Honestly, I just shake my head as I think, how hard and callous these men were that after his power knocks them down, still they would stand back up and arrest him. tells you something about how evil and hard-hearted the human heart can become when it is separated from God. And yet in the midst of all of that, in the face of that kind of animosity, what do we see? We see the miraculous power of Christ. I think there's a great lesson for all of us here. All of us who, like Simon Peter, would grab our sword and make it happen and try to straighten it out and fix the situation on our own, that it's not our power that's needed. It is Christ's power. You see, there's a fleshly power and there's a spiritual power. One is force. The other is accessed by faith. One is the most I can do. The other is the best God can do. Let me tell you, God can do more than you can for sure. Are you carrying your sword or his today? What a picture of the flesh this is this sword that is taken, chopping the ear off. Isn't that what we so often do? We so often revert in our time of need and weakness to our weapon of choice, the quickest way to immediate results. Is it your reason? Is it your resources? Is it your words? What is it? And uh, motivated by relief and escape, you know what we miss? We miss that the power of Christ is what we need. And that the power of Christ was at hand. Hey, Peter, there's something closer than your sword. That's Jesus. Christ 
is near. And by the way, people get hurt when we react in the flesh. When we miss God's purpose, when we don't do it God's way, people get wounded, people get hurt. Lay aside your your weapon of choice today. In the words of Jesus, put up again thy sword into his place. Lay that aside and catch the heart of Christ. He's full of gentleness in the face of adversity. He's full of love in the face of his adversaries. He's full of power in the face of animosity. He's full of miracles. And even in Gethsemane, even in the garden, even in the midst of insurmountable odds, even when you're outnumbered, Christ is enough. And I don't know who I'm speaking to or where you're living or what you're going through right now, but I know this, your way will not fix it. But Christ, Christ not only knows what needs to be done, he can take care of it. Watch him put that man's ear back on. Watch him go out peaceably with them. Watch him yield his power to the will of the heavenly Father. Notice the difference between taking up Peter's sword or drinking the Father's cup. May God help every one of us today to not only observe these miracles in Gethsemane, but to trust God for these same miraculous things in our own garden today. His gentleness, His love, His power. Christ is enough. What an encouragement to know that regardless of the situation, we can trust the Lord Jesus. You can find a Bible reading schedule through the Miracles of Jesus and many additional study resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. Visit us online today and let us know that you're listening. We are very grateful that you're making this journey with us through God's Word. Until next time, remember this, Christ is enough.